Good morning to Radhakala Chanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees. Let's see, this is Monday, this is Monday, October 14th, and we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 2, and we're going to do the last text of Chapter 2 today, and then we'll go into Chapter 3 tomorrow, but before we, um, before we read, we like to sing and get the blessings and the mercy of Jayarada Madhava. Jayarada Madhava Kunja Bihari Jayarada Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kiribharadari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kiribharadari Yashoda Nandana Pratachara Randranan Yashoda Nandana Pratachara Randranan Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jayaradamadhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radhamarava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Shanavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Shanavalaba 
ಕಿರಿವಾರದಾರಿ ಯಶೋರ ನಂದನ ಬ್ರಜಚರಂಜನ ಯಶೋರ ನಂದನ ಬ್ರಜಚರಂಜನ ಯಮುನತೀರಿ ಯಮುನತೀರಚಾರಿ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ ಹರೆ ಜಯ ರಾಲಚಂಜಿ ರಾಲಚಂಜಿ ರೇ ಜಯ ರಾಲಚಂಜಿ ರಾಲಚಂಜಿ ರೇ ಜಯ ಜಯ ಜಗನಾಥ 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 ಜಯ ಜಯ ಜಗನಾಥ ಜಯ ಜಯ ಪಲದೇ ಪಲದೇ ಜಯ ಜಯ ಸುಭದ್ರ 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 ಜಯ ಜಯ ಸುಭದ್ರ ಜಯ ಜಯ ಗೋಣಿಥಾಯ 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 ಜಯ ಜಯ ಗೋಣಿಥಾಯ ನೀಥಾಯ ಗೋರೋ ಹರಿಬೋಲ್ ಹರಿಬೋಲ್ hari bol nithai koro hari bol
Jai Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. So the last text of Chapter 2, Canto 1. And the entire chapter is on divinity and divine services. And it was quite thorough in the uh, coverage of the subject of the uh, chapter. But before we read the last text, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya All right, the um, text for 34, uh, text 34. Bhavayati esha sattvina loka ve loka bhavana lila vataram nurato devatirya naradashu Bhavayata esha sattvina loka ve loka bhavana Lilavatara nurato devatiryan naradishu Bhavyati esha satvina lokan ve loka bhavana Lilavatara nurato devatiryan naradishu Would anyone like to repeat? Bhavyati esha sadhana Lokan ve loka bhavana Lila vatara nurato Devatiran radishu Bhavayati esha satina Lokan va loka bhavana Lila vatara nuvrato Devatira naradishu Bhavayati esha satina Loka va loka bhavana Lila vatara nurato Devatira naradishu So word for word, bhavyati maintains Asha, all these satvina in the mode of goodness Lokan, all over the universe. Vai, generally, Lokabhavana, the master of all the universes. 
Leela, pastime. Avatar, incarnation. Anurata, assuming the role. Deva, the demigods. Tiryak, lower animals. Nara Adishu, in the midst of human beings. And the translation for text 34 is, Thus the Lord of the universes maintains all planets inhabited by demigods, men, and lower animals. Assuming the roles of incarnations, he performs pastimes to reclaim those in the mode of goodness. Again, thus the Lord of the universes maintains all planets inhabited by demigods, men, and lower animals. Assuming the roles of incarnations, he performs pastimes to reclaim those in the mode of goodness. And the purport is, there are innumerable material universes, and in each and every universe, there are innumerable Planets inhabited by different grades of living entities in different modes of nature. The Lord, Vishnu, incarnates himself in each and every one of them and in each and every type of living society. He manifests is transcendental pastimes amongst them just to create the desire to go back to Godhead. The Lord does not change his original transcendental position, but he appears to be differently manifested according to the particular time, circumstances, and society. Sometimes he incarnates himself or empowers a suitable living being to act for him. But in either case, the purpose is the same. The Lord wants the suffering living being to go back home, back to Godhead. The happiness which the living beings are hankering for is not to be found within any corner of the innumerable universes and material planets. The eternal happiness, which the living being wants, is obtainable in the kingdom of God. But the forgetful living being, under the influence of the material modes, have no information of the kingdom of God. The Lord therefore comes to propagate the message of the kingdom of God, either personally as an incarnation 
or through his bona fide representative as the good son of God. Such incarnations or sons of God are not making propaganda for going back to Godhead only within the human society. Their work is also going on in all types of society amongst demigods and those other than human beings. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purports of the first canto, second chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Divinity and Divine Services. It's interesting to um, to even think. It's a massive thought too. To think that there are eight million four hundred thousand entities in the universe. And I was reading uh, again there, because there's always so much in, uh, so much information that according to information and correct me if I'm wrong, but this was something that this is the first time I heard this. But according to the uh, Lord Chaitanya's information, there are eight million. 400,000 living entities in the universe and not only in this universe but in each and every innumerable universe there are 8,400,000 living entities. Has anyone heard that before? I read that last night and I thought, if we have innumerable universes that have their own planets, in addition to this world and its planets, having 8,400,000 living entities, you know, it's, it's really it's a challenge to wrap your mind around the fact that there's so much more out there so much more, which is why unless you have lifetimes to explain, it's good to stick to the basic principles because there is so much detail. And what is really important is that we do get the essence of the basic details. Now, of the four hundred, of the eight million four hundred thousand living entities, four hundred thousand are human life forms. Now, that doesn't just mean the humans as we see them around us and in different countries. We actually are becoming aware or being honest enough to realize that there are other living entities, not only living entities, in other universes and on planets 
but other human living entities in different grades of form, but they are living entities. So that old question of is there life beyond the universe or other than on planet Earth? And finally, I think we're beginning to catch up with the fact that it really does exist, but we shouldn't get too caught up in that. The point is we know it exists. To delve into it and to imagine, oh, I wonder what they look like. They're beasts. Uh, in addition to the 400,000 living entity, the 8 million, the other 8 million consist of uh, entities. I think there's 900,000 in the sea. They're non-moving entities. I think they're 2 million. They're trees and plants, birds, serpents, reptiles, on and on and on. So as the average person thinks that they rule the world, we rule absolutely nothing. We couldn't even handle, we couldn't even handle this world, the earth planet. What is also important is that in each of the universes, according to the time, the place, the society, or the circumstances, the Lord does incarnate himself, and it's according to that particular universe. So whereas we see the Lord in his form uh, in the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, and in the other Vedic scriptures, we also have to understand that he will come in other forms, but he doesn't lose his potency of being the supreme personality of Godhead. He is still the supreme personality of Godhead in Krishna Loka. He is not affected by the material energy in the material universes that he comes into. Now, the highest universe or the highest planet above the spiritual planet is Krishna Loka. And the reason that Krishna comes in so many forms is that his purpose, regardless of our shape, our form, or our fashion, is to take us back to our original home, to Krishna Loka. And as devotees, we understand that it is our responsibility to share this Krishna consciousness with everyone. There will be some that will take to it. There will be some that do not take to it. But it is our responsibility. There is also the understanding that there are going to be living entities, humans, because we can relate to that right now, who are very much comfortable in this material world, on this material planet, and they have no intentions of going anywhere. But that doesn't mean that Krishna forsakes them. 
It gives them exactly the environment they need. And at some point in time, in some universe, you would pray, you would hope that that individual will understand that he will never be happy. And it states here that in no corner of any of these universes will the living entity, the human living entity, will will focus on right now. There is no universe where he will be happy. But it's also mind-expanding to know that there are so many universes that we can try our happiness on. We also have the capability of traveling to different universes, but not the way in which we see that NASA has done it. Um, It's not possible the way that NASA has done it. There are entities that travel back and forth to the planet Earth. Now they're becoming more and more open with the fact that, yes, they've discovered this and they've, and I'm not going to dwell on it so much, but the point is there are others that are out there. But our focus right now is where we are, where we belong, and how to get there. And as they're ending this chapter of divinity and divine services, it's interesting. I was looking um, looking on the Internet last night, and I remember when I first came into Krishna consciousness, um, someone was asking me why do I see the Lord in this color or that color? And then the different yukes, the Lord has appeared in three different colors. In uh, dwarf or yuke, he took the color of a parrot. And I'm going to imagine that that color of the parrot that they're referring to was blue. He has taken the color of white, yellow, and red. In this particular universe, at this time, in Kali Yuga, he has taken the form of his original form, of his original color, the blackish form. We needn't get so attached to that, but that is actually the Lord's original form. Again, when he comes into the universes, his role is to either make himself in the way or in the shape of that particular universe or to send someone to facilitate that process. We were fortunate enough to have the historical um, leelas of Srila Prabhupada. In our particular time, Srila Prabhupada is considered one of those very special souls that came into this universe. His birth was very transcendental. And he also proved that there is no such thing as 
there is no time to become a servant of the Lord or the age in which one has is either too young or too old. Because when he was young, he was in the mode of a devotee. In his 70s, he crosses over to a, a, uni- a country that he's never been in before, at least not in that body. But he came and he accomplished so much more than any other religions have. But we don't make a big deal of it. We are aware of it. But we know there has to be something very special about this movement, about Krishna consciousness, about Srila Prabhupada coming to the Western world to propagate Krishna consciousness. And he gives each and every one of us the individual hope that at least if we cannot convert, well, let me not use that word, if we cannot share this with the entire world, every single individual in the world, if we could at least get one person to understand what this Krishna conscious movement is about and to have it have the trickle-down effect of that person sharing it with another person, we can have a tremendous impact on the universe and on the consciousness of the universe. And I found interesting the... um the other part of the purport, and it may be controversial to some, but it indicates that Krishna changes his forms depending on time, place, and circumstances. And what that means to me is that as we're preaching Krishna consciousness, as long as we're keeping the essence of the teachings We may do it a little differently than it was done before Srila Prabhupada came to America. We may do it a little differently than Lord Chaitanya, but we do not break the standards of what it means to be a devotee of the scientific process, but depending on time, place, and circumstance, and right now, We're in Kali Yug. We need to relate to the individuals that are in Kali Yug. And it can be done in such a way that we can communicate with them. Maybe not say the exact same words or the exact same approach that was done by the disciples of Srila Prabhupada. But what I always like to make clear is that we never want to lose the essence of Krishna consciousness as we're sharing it and teaching it to others. There were a couple of points that um, that I wanted to mention, and based on the time frame, let's see how much time. Maybe a couple of minutes. 
What I found interesting also is something that's been covered in the um, in the scriptures. And I won't dwell on it so much. But for those that think they should worship demigods in the place of Krishna, what's interesting is that Krishna maintains those very planets that the demigods are living on. So the average person with a suitable amount of intelligence or a pretty good fund of knowledge should be able to understand that demigods are servants of the Lord and that ultimately every single entity is a servant of the Lord and whatever it is they have, it is facilitated by the Lord. Whether a person wants to be in the mode of passion, there are certain facilities that are on the different planets or the different universes in the different universes that will facilitate that. If a person wants to be in the mode of ignorance, there is also that facilitation. And of course, there is a facilitation for the mode of goodness. Krishna has arranged so much beyond, way beyond our intelligence, that sometimes it amazes me when I listen to someone and they quote scientific information and they quote how perfect everything is. And when you really think about the average human being, we're not perfect. Not that we cannot come to the level of God consciousness, but we're imperfect, totally imperfect. And the biggest problem sometimes is actually admitting that we do not know everything. We do not. We can't even fathom the size of the sun by looking at it with our naked eye. And we know it is not the size of a dime or an apple. It is far beyond that. But Krishna gives us the ability to come across those special souls that will help us realize that we are part of him, that he is the Supreme Father, that there is a universe, Krishna Loka, above all of the other universes, the spiritual, even in the spiritual sky, even in the spiritual sky in the planets, you have entities that, let's say, well, in the material sky, on the moon. If a person wants to live on the moon, they'll have the facility and the strength of the body to main, to take the nectar, the soma nectar, that is so popular, that's mentioned oft times, in the scriptures, but even in the spiritual sky where the entities are extremely beautiful, extremely powerful, very tall, very this, very that, they will still have to come down to the material planets in order to go to Krishna Loka. There is no other way. There is no other way. And also mentioned here again, 
for the person that's listening for the umpteenth time. There is no permanent happiness in this world. There isn't. We can try. But the devotee is able to tap in to a bit of spiritual happiness and consciousness by taking shelter of the Lord, by serving the Lord, by staying on the devotional path, or by taking to bhakti yoga. And that way, in this material world, you can get a feeling or a glimpse of what it's like to really be in the spiritual world. So, in conclusion, your time is not wasted. Each and every one of us have come to this place for a purpose, are in the temple room for a purpose, are on the other end of the internet or on the phone, or listening to it on the radio within a five-mile radius. I, I think it's more. But it's no accident. By whatever means necessary, the Lord is facilitating each and every one of us to understand that this is not our home, that we chose this. We chose this location because we want it to be like the Lord. It's not the Lord's responsibility. It's not the Lord's fault. But the Lord is responsible enough to care for us until we understand that we don't belong here. We want it to be, or how did they put it? We want it to lord it over the universe. Whatever our condition is, whatever is going on with us, it's like we are many directors in a movie. You know how you had the producer or I'm not sure who's the most important, the producer or the director. Each and every one of us is a producer or director of our lives. However it is, we put it together. We are getting the mercy from Krishna that it is not worse than it is. We are actually getting the mercy, whether you realize it today or not. You are getting the mercy. Wherever you are, your situation could be so much worse. But you don't get to blame it on anybody. You take responsibility. We take responsibility. And that's the nice part about understanding Krishna consciousness. Here with the understanding, where you are, who you are, is completely on you. But you have the ability and you're given the knowledge every single time someone comes before you with the Srimad Bhagavatam, you're given the knowledge to change. Now, if you don't, it's not on the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's not on the Lord. It's a personal decision that we've made. And again, getting back to text 34 again. Thus, the Lord of the universe maintains all planets inhabited by demigods, men, and lower animals. Assuming the roles of incarnation, 
He performs pastimes to reclaim those in the mode of pure goodness. And there was another paragraph that ends it very nicely, that ends this chapter very nicely. Well, it's a lengthy one. Sometimes he, the Lord, incarnates himself or empowers a suitable living being to act for him. But in either case, the purpose is the same. The Lord wants the suffering living being to go back home, back to Godhead. The happiness which the living beings are hankering for is not to be found within any corner of the innumerable universes and material planets. The eternal happiness which the living being wants is obtainable in the kingdom of God. But the forgetful living beings under the influence of the material modes have no information of the kingdom of God. The Lord, therefore, comes to propagate the message of the kingdom of God, either personally as an incarnation or through the bona fide representative as the good son of God. Last sentence is one we should really think about. Such incarnations or sons of God are not making propaganda for going back to Godhead only within the human society. Their work is also going on in all types of societies amongst demigods and those other than human beings. And this ends the Bhaktivedanta purport of the first canto, second chapter, the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Divinity and Divine Services. So while... While this information may be overwhelming, it is very beneficial to those that are interested in changing their position in life. All it takes is that one big step of surrendering and accepting that the information that is given to you is bona fide. It has been passed down through the Parampara system Bonafide, verified. And we should be at a point where we do not question any of it. It's not to say that you follow anything blindly. But with the information that is here, it is more than proven itself to be true. And as we live our lives, and if we are fortunate enough, the Lord may give us glimpses of previews of the coming attraction. So we'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Are there any, I'm sorry, are there any questions? Prabhu, you, I know you had a question because you went for the mic. Yes, Hare Prabhu. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you so much again for that wonderful class. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Um, I'd just like to share something uh, about what you said about preaching like in a different way. Yes. But still keeping the essence. Yes. So, um, Shilo Pro, in, in one seminar uh, that my spiritual master gave, uh, Giridhar Swami, uh. 
uh, he he mentioned that uh, one time Shudakirti Prabhu asked Srila Prabhupada this question, like how can the essence remain, but can we change the detail, mm-hmm. something like this. Because uh, as Prabhupada did, he changed the number of rounds from 64 rounds yes. to 16 rounds, but chanting is still there. Yes. He didn't change chanting. Yes. So um, then Shudakirti Prabhu asked Srila Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada said, in in I don't exa- I don't exactly remember the mm-hmm. exact words, but he said in a way that um that requires little intelligence, some intelligence to oh. do something oh. like this. Oh. So um so yeah, it does require a it, yes. I, I think the little is is for us would be a lot yes, of it, intelligence. It would be yes. For, it would be. He's, be. he's being very kind. He's being very kind. Yes, and in the same way um. Uh, Giridhar Swami, uh, preaching here in America would be different than preaching uh, in in a country, for example, like China. Mm-hmm. Um, here you can preach openly. There you have to preach in a different way. Good point. Good point. So, Srila uh, Gurudev uh, Tamalkushna Goswami Maharaj said that um, in each place there's like a formula. And you mm-hmm. have to find that formula in order to preach. Very good like point, this. Prabhu. Very good point. That's right. I, I, you know, sometimes you, we're so used to the freedom here. We don't think about other places that don't have freedom of speech and freedom of religion. But you're right. In China, you you can't be so open about it. And I think there was a point too. There was another country at the time where uh, Srila Prabhupada disciples were preaching, and they couldn't do it openly. Otherwise, they would be arrested, and they have been arrested. But you're right. It is possible to keep the essence, but it is also important to remember that I can't go into another country preaching like this. And then in in some other countries, you know, they're done behind closed doors and they don't make a lot of noise. We don't realize how good we have it. It's It's not to say that the United States is perfect, but... Compared to other situations in general, in general, the very fact that we have the ability to choose, for instance, our own faith or our own belief in religion, that's a big thing. That's a really big thing, and it's necessary for us to be able to do that to get back to Krishna Loka. It is very important. I can't even fathom the thought of not being able to open a window and sing the Maha Mantra or to go out on Harinam and preach or to go to someone's business or something and distribute books like, like the devotees have been enthusiastically doing. Sometimes it's just necessary to stop and smell the roses or count the blessings because we don't realize how blessed we are. Thank you. That's a good point for sharing. Thank you so much. Okay, we'll end at this point. I think there's, uh, I think the prashadam's there. Okay. Again, Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Gaur Pamananda. Aribo.